Welcome to My Media Life, brought to you by the World Media Group. My name is Belinda Barker and I'm the Chief Executive. My, in My Media Life, we chat with the movers and shakers in the marketing and media industry about how they spend their days and the media that's important to them. So today we're talking to, or I'm talking to, um, Alison Terrell. Uh, Alison is the Global Head of Marketing at Silver Cloud Health. Now, I first got to meet Alison uh, back in her days uh, working at Spark Foundry, where she was an award-winning, fabulous awards, like the World Media Awards. Um, uh, she was a yes, award winner. And before we get into the main body of, of my media life, I'd really like to ask you about your transition from London to Ireland, where you are now, and your new role, because that was quite a, a significant step change. It was, um, and it was completely driven just by the world at the time, um, and, and completely unplanned as well. Um, so just before the pandemic, I had, I travelled quite a lot as part of Spark Foundry, either to see clients or I had the flexibility to be at home in Ireland to see family every now and again. So I'd arranged to fly home to Dublin just to help look after family for a certain period of time. And during then the pandemic hit. So I got stuck in Ireland um, and couldn't come back and had to continue working from Ireland for Spark for a considerable amount of months until it got to the point where I was kind of, you know, I don't see an end to this. Um, should I start looking for another opportunity, yeah. so to speak? And yeah, this uh, Silver Cloud came about. They reached out to me um, and I just fell in love with the whole mission of the business, you know, to to help people uh, get more access to mental health support. So it was serendipitous in that it just felt like it was the right time, but completely unplanned, didn't see it coming, hadn't thought I was going to leave media. Um, but yeah, it worked out well. Amazing. So um, seems like a slightly uh, odd segue, but let's, what does the media industry mean to you as an individual? Yeah, um, if I look at my career, the media industry has taught me the most about uncovering what matters to the audience. So, you know, ensuring to create value, knowledge exchange, the importance of context, trust and authority on topics, and then the art of storytelling. Um, from a societal view, though, because obviously this, I'm looking at it from two perspectives, one from a career perspective and then as a personal perspective, from a societal view, uh, quality journalism creates a knowledge-filled nation um, that can hold those who run our democracies accountable mm -hmm. and drive awareness to help dismantle any systemic injustices. Um, it can quite literally influence the zeitgeist. And that said, you know, even talking about quality journalism, it's becoming, or well, what feels like it's becoming fewer and far between, you know, with whether it's a questionable alliance of a publication to a government body or to a politician or, or to some billionaire, um, or whether it's, you know, you're looking at social media journalism, 
therefore I think that it's so important that we are uh, contributing um, to our trusted brands and you know getting those subscriptions and keeping them running basically. Interesting and how's that do you miss any of that now you're in in a, a broader client role? Um, you know what I do? I do. Um, I miss it from the perspective of what I was able to learn from my peers from a media perspective, like uh, a lot of the people that I had the honor to work with at, at some of these amazing publications. They're extremely intelligent people, um, but they were coming to us with like an editorial lens as to what was happening. And um, even my clients as well, you know, working with some amazing brands they had a perspective on what their audiences perceived of some of these media agencies. So I was able to learn a lot more about the landscape and maybe that I am now from a brand perspective, which is a little bit more laser focused. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely miss that element of it, it, that element of fueling and like just by proxy education, just by having a meeting with them, you're learning and absorbing so much information that you wouldn't usually in your day to day. Interesting. So what one piece of advice um, has helped you in your career? This sounds so cliche because you hear it so much, but it's so true. It's asking why, you know, mm. why are we creating a certain campaign or why are we creating a certain piece of content or, you know, why should our audience care? I think that's probably one of the whys we forget to ask. Um, why are we executing this strategy on a particular format or a particular channel? Because um, when we stop asking why, we lose the power to cut through and, and to actually be effective and we become very samey-samey, which I think, you know, a lot of brands can be guilty of. So what is, so we talked about kind of what with things that maybe you missed from your old job, but what are they, what's, is there any one particular bit that you really love from your current role? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, we work in uh, digital mental health. So it's so rare that you get in any job that you get the opportunity to have purpose. So you know, we used to kind of have a, a funny saying or in, in nearly every job I've had, you know, we're not saving lives. Don't worry about it. We're not saving lives. I now feel like I am. So everything that we're doing around campaigns is it's quite literally working with the likes of the NHS or the HSC or like US health systems to help them see more patients or to get better outcomes for patients or to let you know the general public know that they can get this for free. Like it it. The, the, the purpose behind it is the thing that I love the most about the job that I'm in now. So if you were trying to get into media and marketing today, mm. um, what, um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, well, this is interesting. I don't think I'd do anything differently because every job I've had, every leader I've had, every mistake I've made has got me to where I am today. But I would probably encourage myself or anybody entering into the industry now to really absorb themselves in like the psychology or the behavioral economics and, you know, the culture of the audience. So like I'm really passionate about anthropology for 
the reason of understanding people, understanding why we make choices, why we make the decisions we make, um, and how culture plays a role in that. Because if you understand your audience to a better degree, you're going to make a more intelligent campaign that means more to them, but also creates better results. So, you know, rather than just going and listening to the, the same old marketing gurus who I feel just say a lot of jargon and say the same thing over and over again try and understand people because essentially marketing is understanding people so that would be my advice do you have a secret talent (laughs) um yeah I don't know if it's a secret because I this is the only one I ever give when I get asked this question but (laughs) Um, I'd say that I'm a creative problem solver. Like when I think of being creative, I'm like, oh, painting or, you know, being amazing at guitar. None of those things I can do. Um, But if you said to me, you know, Alison, we need to get from A to B and we cannot see a way through it. That's when I can shine. That's when I come to life. So, um, yeah, I'd say creative problem solving is my uh, secret talent. Um, so moving on to your media, um, what what's kind of your normal media diet in, in a day? Currently, it would be Irish Times. Um, I enjoy The Atlantic. I enjoy my subscription of The Economist. Um, they would be my current um, for, for daily news. So The Atlantic is... Um, perhaps a brand that not everyone will be that familiar with. So I'd be interested to know um, what it is that you you get, uh, you, how, how you came to the Atlantic and, and what it is that it adds to, to your media diet. It's a good question because I hadn't heard of them prior to working in media either. Um, and actually it was working a lot with UBS um, and the sheer expertise that they have for their audience, right? So we were doing a lot of research and strategy around what uh, their audience, which would be very intelligent people, would be consuming. And the Atlantic came up time and time again. And as part of my job, I need to understand the journalism. I need to understand the narratives of each. So I was delving in deep to kind of like understand it better for myself. And I really enjoyed uh, the Atlantic. So therefore, I, I became a subscriber of it myself. And the journalism of that, say, versus, you know, the others that I'd read, like the Irish Times or The Economist, is that it it feels to me personally a lot more um, lean back and enjoy it. It's real storytelling uh, for me. I, I I enjoy it so much that I share it with my father, who also loves it. And when we were getting paper copies, as soon as I'd finished it, you know, cover to cover, I'd give it to him and then we'd talk about all the different articles. But it was uh, something that I enjoyed, like actively enjoyed reading as opposed to reading it to understand what was going on in the world. Interesting, interesting. So um, talk about the brands that are um, important to you. Um are there, uh, you know, what what else is in your in your media diet? Yeah, um, I probably listen to podcasts more than I do any other type of media. I have been for many years now, but it seems to have become the standout media format for me. Um, 
And I like it because, you know, you can have traditional brands on there, like, you know, New York Times have the Daily, FT have The Economist, like a lot have their own, which is great. And they're a slightly different take on, on the publication. But um, there's a lot of independence as well. And you get a different perspective from them in that they're not being fueled by any sort of advertising or anything like that. Um, but they're also bringing in subject matter experts. You're still getting a sense of like expertise as opposed to, you know, finger to the wind opinions. Um, but I, I really enjoy podcasts for that reason. Recreationally as well as? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am, you know, borderline obsessed with um the armchair expert at the moment um they have like uh kind of mini sodes within their series so the variety is huge but there is an expert on something all the time so just um, you're absorbing information but that you're finding interesting and and the hosts are asking questions that you as a nobody would want to ask too. So it's, it's great. You feel like you are listening into a conversation with friends. So now I'd listen to it on a long, you know, car journey or on a run or on a walk. And um, so now, yeah, love them. Interesting. Well, I haven't armchair experts, not one I followed. So I will um, top check it, it out very much. <laughs> <laughs> check it out. Um, so we're talking about uh, you do you consume podcasts recreationally, but what else do you do to switch off? Mm. Uh, admittedly, I'm not. I haven't quite mastered the switching off, but during um, lockdown, uh, myself and a group of friends had committed to doing a daily practice of meditation, and we got through. I think nearly a year and a half every single day doing wow. it together and yeah, keeping each other accountable. Now, admittedly, that's fallen off my radar a little bit, but I do try and take five minutes every now and again, whether it's a meditation or a, some breath work. Um, it's something that I definitely need to put more attention on, Belinda. Um, yeah, I think it's something, I think it's an active practice that we need to keep bringing ourselves back to. So who or what inspires you? Mm, um, yeah, the story of entrepreneurs, you know, um, more recently, not just the story of entrepreneurs and how they hack through their success and find opportunities for themselves outside of the standard template of success. But I'm also finding a lot of inspiration in the little things like I spend a lot of time in nature or hiking or, you know, just discussion with friends or again, listening to a good podcast. They fuel a lot of my ideas now. I feel like a, a good hike could help me unlock, um, you know, the solution to an issue I'm having, whether it's in work or in my personal life. So I feel like a lot of my inspiration these days is coming from good conversation, nature, and then a good podcast. That's amazing. Thank you so much for spending this time with me this Thank morning. Um, I'd love to um, learn more about the, the step change between um, London and Ireland um, and hope to, to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Alison. Thank you. Thanks for bye joining bye. me. Mm -hmm. 